Hey guys, this is Mo Sider from the Detroit Red Wings. You guys listen to it like Dan Red Wings. Your Locked On Red Wings, your daily podcast on the Detroit Red Wings. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. All right, everybody, welcome back to the Lockdown Red Wings podcast. Today is Friday, March 26, 1997, and if you know anything about Red Wings history, this is the anniversary of one of the most glorious days uh, in the history of the winged wheel. Uh, the Red Wings finally get their revenge on the Colorado Avalanche. Darren McCarty finally gets his revenge on Claude Lemieux for the hit in the 96 Western Conference Finals on Chris Draper. Uh, you know the clips, you've seen the pictures. Waugh, Shanahan, Vernon, uh, Lariana, Forsberg, all good stuff. Uh, and and so we were going to have basically uh, an episode today. We went live on Locker Room last night. Um, we recorded two portions of the podcast before the game started. We went a little bit late. We went like five minutes into the game, so we missed the first five minutes. And by that point, the game was already pretty much over. <laughs> so then we were like, whatever, we're just going to go live on Locker Room now. Um so we did that and then i couldn't figure out there were some technical difficulties i thought we were live turns out we weren't we finally got live after a half hour and then uh i pressed the record button and it said hey we'll just send it to the the people that record or the email address that's attached to the thing turns out there's no email address that's attached to my account so i got to figure that out i apologize um, but we have a, a, a much better episode for you than we probably would have in the first place if things didn't go horribly awry. So I'm Detroit Sports Editor Noel Miachi. With me uh, in the interview, I've got longtime Red Wings fan Ethan Smith. Unfortunately, Scotty wasn't with us uh, back then, so Scotty Bentley won't be with us in this interview. Uh, but we are bringing back Darren McCarty. Um, well, not bringing it back. We interviewed him around this time last year, and uh, we are going to run part of that interview today. Uh, the portion where we talk about the sweet revenge on Claude Lemieux and his game-winning goal in the 1997 Cup Finals. So it'll be a nice little bookend to a week that started uh, the week with a Gary Thorne interview, and now we're wrapping it up with a clip from one of our favorite, another one of our favorite interviews, and that's with uh, Red Wings legend Darren McCarty. So I hope to see you guys back here on Monday. Hope you guys enjoy this if you didn't catch it the first time around. And, uh, yeah, we'll see you around. McCarty draws, McCarty in, McCarty scores! A magnificent goal! Darren McCarty! At this time, we now welcome on a very special guest. He was selected 46th overall by the Detroit Red Wings in 1992. He's a four-time Stanley Cup champion, scored the game-winning goal in the 1997 Stanley Cup final, was a Sweet 16 finalist in our March Madness tournament determining the greatest Red Wings figure of all time. And now you can find him on the Grind Time podcast, streaming anywhere on WJR's Darren McCarty show with Sean Balogin uh, from 7 to 8 on Friday nights. And when we're not on lockdown, you can catch him on the Darren McCarty Slapstick Comedy Tour. You probably know who it is by now. It is number 25, D-Mac, Darren McCarty. Darren, welcome to the show. Wow, good. I thought maybe uh, Drapes was trying to uh, move in on my territory there, but I'm glad it's me. So uh, thanks to Nolan and Ethan. It's great to be in here with you guys. It's great to, great to see what you guys are doing amidst this uh, 
COVID-19 pandemic, we still get along the ways. And, and obviously in the, the uh, wing wheel nation, we need to still talk about it because uh, things are still going on. So happy to be here with you guys. Absolutely. And we have been doing some pretty deep dives uh, into the 90s, early 2000s, late 2000s Red Wings, uh, of which you are a very big part of that. And we will get to all that in just a minute. But I think the people want to know what you've been up to right now or what you've been up to as of late. You're hunkering down in, in Florida during this quarantine? No, I I'd actually I've been I have been hunkered down in Michigan until uh, actually uh, the Sunday because I have we have a place uh, my wife's uh, from Florida, from Clearwater. So we've been back and forth from there before this. And then the fact that they opened the beaches and we had to be down here. Um, so uh, came down to uh, see what Florida's like. And, you know, to everybody out there is that, uh, you know, there's 25% uh, mostly patio occupancy. The beaches are patrolled. There's people are respecting. They have cones out and staying separated. But, you know, the you know you see some people wearing the, the face mask, but the staying away and respecting um, what's going on. And I think that we're all in this together and have to, you know, do what we need to do, but hopefully sooner than later, this will all be behind us and we'll be better for it. Um, I don't have a problem with it. I've learned to uh, embrace. I didn't even know I had an introvert side. I, 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 I do. It's a very small one. It's like 3%, but I've nurtured it very well. This, uh, this quarantine and I, I, like everybody else, I can't wait to get back and, you know, to see everybody to be, like you said, to be out with the slapstick. But until then, we'll just, uh, you know, record some uh, podcasts like this and uh, do some uh, daily stuff, Friday show on WJR, and just you keep talking. And, you know, uh, like I said, it's a little bit – life isn't bad as I'm sitting out here um, on the beach, and it's probably 75 degrees out. So hate me if you want, but I'm used to it. And you're on a balcony, which which really just elevates all of that. It it does. It's a, the third floor, and and uh, it's actually a really cool guy. The cup, it's great shot of the sunset. So it's like I said, uh, it's because my wife uh, she knows some people down here and being spending so much time down here, it's just you know second home. So um, grateful for it. We got a lot of things to talk about today, but I, I guess we'll start with the moment that everybody knows you for the most, and that is March 26th, 1997. Sweet revenge. Uh, you beat the living daylights out of Claude Lemieux to gain vengeance for his hit on Chris Draper a year prior in the, in the playoffs. Uh, you know, before we get to that game, I have a quote here. You said the two of you were in the hospital together, and as you're leaving, you said two things to him. The first one, I'll take care of him, and the second one, what do you want to eat? Uh, it's like a line out of a movie. Now, can you tell us what that summer was like and just the relationship between you and Draper during that time? Well, you got to understand, you know, Chris Draper has and always will be sort of my bigger, big brother. I mean, it, it makes sense because he is older than me. In fact, he'll be 49 on May 24th this year. Let's not forget <laughs> that. He's a year older. He's the eldest. He's the eldest. Joey's the papa of the grind line, but that doesn't count. But all us young <laughs> oh, hooligans man. like Maltz, Ozzy, myself, 
um, you know, Marty the Point Drapes is the oldest brother. And that's why he is the director of amateur scouting. And that's why, you know, it's, 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 it's really the family uh, relationship. But we've always been close, um, not just because we've been line mates, but um, the way it is. And, you know, when Chris Draper got hit from behind, if you watch the replay by Claude Lemieux in um, the second period of game, in 96 it's right in front of me and I hear his face break in front of me and you don't know how serious it is and and you're sort of in shock that whole time um I did say that after the doctor gave me the flyers I said uh don't worry I'll take care of it where do you want to eat I was a loaded question I knew we were going to Andiamo's because he told me he wanted to play the Noki and if you want to say if you want to know that how long it takes a guy with his jaw wired shut and titanium plate in his face to eat a freaking plate of Noki. It's four hours, bro. Four freaking hours. It, hey, don't worry. I was drinking back then. I was in gross point. I was out on a boat, so I was fine. <laughs> but it takes four hours. I mean, it's amazing, the persistence, but he loved the Noki, and he, and he enjoyed every bit of it. But, you know, the, the biggest thing is, is that, I, that I impress upon people is, remember, this happened in, in May of 96. March 26 is... 10 months later. So I don't know if anybody stewed about anything or thought about how they were going to get somebody back or had to think about something for, I don't know, maybe 10 months might drive them a little bit crazy. And how many times did did you see, or, you know, what were you, what was I going to do or what was this? And the whole point of it is nothing was ever said. That's the only thing that was ever said between any of us about anything. And, and it's, it's great because I hear like guys talk about it in different like Shanny say like you know something had to happen and sort of like we knew Mac was the thing and the way that it played like I tell everybody the way that it played out you know that that um the fact that uh that at the beginning of March let me get back to this because of 10 months I had to get on my knees and pray and say God I can't do this anymore I'm driving myself crazy but just whatever happens just please let me be the messenger mm-hmm. wow Okay, so you think he listened? So I'm so that's what I impress upon. I'm no different than anybody else. Feel free to reach out, you know, and, and whatever yeah. relationship to behind whatever it is. You know, as long as you don't believe you're the end all be all on this planet, then you've got a shot. And and it was one of those things that as you get older and as you look sorry, the uh you, you might think that's a Harley's going down the street, but those were actually scooters. <laughs> So they were the scooter gang in Clearwater Beach that just rode rode by. Bet online, the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your sports action. Football might be over, but the NBA, college basketball, and NHL are in full swing. Bet online even covers awards TV shows and reality TV, real time updated odds and props on almost anything you can possibly imagine. Possibly imagine. Possibly anything you can possibly imagine. Bet online has you covered for all the news, scores, and odds. It's the best way to place your bets, and it is free, completely free to sign up. Head to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today using promo code locked on and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Bet online, your online sportsbook experts. Get all the sports news you need in under 20 minutes with the new Locked On Today podcast. Host Peter Bukowski updates you on the latest news in every major sport with the help of our local experts. Follow the Locked On Today podcast wherever you get your podcast. There's an old man sitting next to me. Make it alone. 
Tonic and Jim. <laughs> yeah, no, it's the, uh, the, it was actually, I think they were, they were, they were a bunch of scooter gangers. I don't know if that's a big thing down here, but anyways, <laughs> back to the, so, so what I impress upon people is that don't be afraid to wish for um, something or, you know, what are you going to put in to do it, but be prepared. So I remember, you know, if you want to go to the moment in, you know, March 26th, because it's building up, but, but then, then I got to go back and say, okay, but stop, pause. Now I got to tell you that, well, I got to give you a history lesson that we lose in 95 in the finals to Jersey. 96, we set the league record and lost the sixth, the sixth game to Colorado. We eventually won the cup and the sixth game is when Draper got his face crushed. So this is, so, oh yeah. So you guys hadn't beaten him and he set the league record. And then, oh yeah, the next year, because we were in the Western Conference at the time. So you play all, two games in, in Denver and two games in Detroit throughout the year. So four games. Well, two of the first three games, Claude was hurt and then, the other game was in Colorado and there wasn't really an opportunity. Plus it had to happen at home. And when, he, when I looked over inside the blue line being on the ice and I saw that Igor Larianov and Peter Forsberg and Peter Forsberg hits Iggy and Iggy had enough. And it was like two puppies rolling around on Christmas morning. It was so <laughs> cute. But then I remembered when he was on the ice, cause I always knew he was on the ice. And it, but the thing is we had to win the game, right? Yeah. So you had to win the game. That's the imperative thing because, you know, after setting the league record and that not beating them at all the first three games, everybody knows of a rivalry, no matter what you've played. You know, what's your town against what other town? What high school against what other high school? The only way out is through sometimes. you got to beat, you play that dragon. So for us, the way that it played out, you know, put uh, Larry on the start with Forsberg. Um, Foot grabs me because I'm looking for when you Shaney breaks my arm with the greatest double arm whack chop. I mean, it was the greatest wrestling move I've ever seen. Springs me free. I'm able to pop out. And to, to this day, it's one of my favorite, favorite things because I tell everybody when I do the slaps of comedy, I go, listen, there's a difference. And I did in the Rush 5 movie. Difference between a cold cock and a sucker punch. Okay? Sucker punch from behind. 99.6% of the time, don't do it. The other point four, well, they deserved it. But a cold cock is when you, and then here, the cold cock, not the cold cock, the cold cock of all cold cocks, because when you see the guy's face that you've seen a million times and you could do whatever you wanted to it, and what would you do if you got this shot to get this guy back and whatever else, and here's your one chance, one shot, M&M, here it is, and this face <laughs> is right there, and I swear to God, when I pulled my fist back, and, and I'm a lefty, and if you see, I pull the right back because it's hard. It's, yeah. The right's way harder, but it's so, it's so uh, it never hits the mark. So when I pulled that back, every man, woman, child, grandmother, um, the deceased person, anybody, everybody in history got into that hand. And when I pulled it back and I hit him so hard, like it's <laughs> a hard it, it, was like a, it was like a golf ball. When you pure it, you don't feel oh, the yeah. club, and you just know. Like that's yep. how his face felt. Like I was, and I was like, I. But the, here's the whole thing, right? So I'm just focused. I'm just focused on. I'm trying to drive my fist through his skull and grab, rip his heart out through his nose. 
I don't know. I know it's not anatomically possible, but I was trying to do that, right? Because it was better than like kicking him or stepping on him with my skate. I wouldn't have got away with that. I know that. I'm doing all this. I don't know all the stuff's going on behind me. The goalie, Shanny, this till the after in the dressing room. But I tell you, like, I'm trying to hit Lemieux and I'm getting mad. All of a sudden, I look at the bench and it's like church where those church scenes where the sunlight comes in and it's like shining down and I just see drapes. And I'm like, oh, well, this is apropos. I'm, I guess I must be a little bit more <laughs> Jewish old school Genesis eye for an eye than I, than I thought. And I took his head and I rammed it bulldog style as hard as I could. Boom, splattered paintball, blood on the Comerica Bank sign, which was great. Um, I tried to knee him, uh, which to the fact Dan Shackey blocked, uh, who was the linesman. Um, and I, what happened is I got four minutes for roughing and a 10-minute misconduct for something that in 2013, the outdoor game, Brendan Shanahan, yes, my teammate, yes, the Brendan Shanahan, <laughs> who is the president of the Leafs now, but at the time he was the disciplinary in for the NHL. And I asked him, I said, hey, Shane, now that you're doing discipline, would I got suspended or anything for that Lemieux stuff? He looks at me and he goes, I couldn't overlook the knee seven to ten games. I'm like, bro, <laughs> you were involved. I'm like, man, that just means, that just means I'm getting, you know, I, I, I'd be suspended for like years now. Well, I was but, just going to say, like, whole, sorry, go ahead. But, no, no, I was just going to say, but the whole thing, right? I, like, I don't see the goalies fighting or Shanny picking walk till we get in the room. And I'm like, hey, what happened? And I'm watching on the video. I'm going, are you kidding me? I mean, I didn't even know all that stuff's going on. But yeah. then, you know, like, but the, then the whole, so that's great. And I'm not saying that if we didn't win the game and it didn't play out, that that wouldn't have meant something because it would have. But the whole, But the more important thing was we had to win the game. And if you remember, we were down 5-3, you know, yep. and, and uh, Marty the point scored, then Shaney banked it in, and then and I call it the God shot. And, I mean, if you <laughs> like, what, the, what else is it, the God shot, where I get the revenge, I only get four minutes, I stay in the game, and then I score the overtime winner, which at the time, like that moment. It's a movie. Right? And it well, that moment, it is. You can't write a better script than not. You can give it to Scorsese and Tarantino to write a script. You can give it to me or anybody. How, what would the greatest movie or how would you play this game? Well, I couldn't have, I'm not that creative to write it like that. You know, it's, but the whole point is because right at the end, and, and it wasn't the team. It wasn't just the, the, the building, the city, the state, the country, windmill nation everywhere. Right at that moment, it was a proverbial sigh of relief it's going to be all right i don't know what it means but it's going to be all right because i know that because i grew up around here you know and 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 it's that feeling that okay we've been telling you about built bar it is the most delicious tasting protein bar on the market and it has been for a while now and now it is time to find out which built bar is the best we're having built bar madness folks today we got a big matchup I actually don't know what the matchup's going to be at. It's going to be the cookie dough chunk versus the winner of coconut and birthday cake. Now I've been riding hard against the coconut lately. I think I'm going to stick with that train cookie, uh, cookie dough chunk. It's one of the most classic flavors out there for any type of uh, sweet in American history. And then birthday cake right along the same alley, but I'm also a birthday cake uh, guy personally. Uh, you know, you go to the 
a certain ice cream store and you get the birthday cake remix, uh, that fills you right up. But the cool thing about Built Bar is it's not going to be nearly as bad for you as any of that stuff because Built Bar is a protein bar. It's got low calories, low sugar, high protein, high fiber, and amazing tasting protein bar with 100% chocolate on all the bars. Uh, so go to BuiltBar.com right now or go to bar underscore built on Twitter to vote. And when you go to BuiltBar.com, use the promo code LOCKED15. You'll get 15% off of your next order. That is LOCKED15 to get 15% off of your next order at BuiltBar.com and check back to see who won today's matchup and who will become the best tasting protein bar. Get the upper hand in your fantasy league with daily fantasy hockey advice from Lockdown Fantasy Hockey. Fantasy hockey expert Scott Collin gives you the tips, insights, and analysis for season-long dynasty and DFS leagues. Follow the Lockdown Fantasy Hockey podcast on the radio.com app or wherever you get your podcasts. That it just resonated everywhere that, you know, we, we could, you know, do this. And then, you know, I, again, three months later, I'd be one guy one-on-one my whole career. And it just happened to be for the Stanley Cup kick clinching goal that one-on-one that for some reason I think Bob Yor's goal in 67 was better but oh well you know I'm just kidding (laughs) (laughs) oh man I it's like Stevie said if you if you anybody been watching the Fox Sports replay I didn't I never listened I tried that move in practice a million times I wanted for the record and I say this I was planning Darren McCarty was planning to dump it in he knew Steve Eisen was behind him I knew it was the end of the shift that was my goal it was God who just decided I was going to be married with you and this one move was going to work the only one I had you know I, I remember you know like I went to dump it in and I sort of flipped it and the next thing I know I make this move which I tell everybody what you put in to get out because I'd spent two summers over in Sweden for a month each and I was working with eight, nine, 10, 11 year olds uh, in stick handling school, skating school and doing that, that drill, drag the puck, pull in, do all this different stuff to work on my skills. And it just sure as heck, it came out at the right time. And I remember I go, holy cow, I got Nina beat out of the corner of my eye to this orange, this orange. And it sort of like scares me that I pull it to the side and I'm about two feet and, you know, I, I scored because I said, please don't miss the net. <laughs> and, then, and then Stevie said that I high-fived half the crowd. That is not correct. I wanted to high-five the whole crowd, but instead I double pirouetted. I double pirouetted in the corner. Four sevens by the Russians, but they're, that's a different story. They're, they like me a lot. And, uh, but the best part is, guys, think about this. So I grew up in Leamington which is give or take 10 minutes for the border, 40 minutes from the house I grew up in. So 83, when Steve Eisman's there, I'm like 11 years old and, you know, love, love, even though there's a dead wings, you know, love the fight and then Proby and Joey and stuff come along. So when I come out of this double spin and I look and I see Steve Eisman, you know, who you've idolized since you're a little kid, who's got eyes the size of dinner saucers looking at you going, what the F was that? And you're like, the only time you ever lost for words, you go, Ugh. and then he says, and then, and, and this is how you always know that it'll be all right. Cause Stevie goes, well, thank God you don't have to do it again. <laughs> <laughs> and that's the love, but that's, that's the, that's the, you know, that's the, like we were talking beforehand and I was, um, I might've been 
saying some things about Draper or something like this that might not have been very nice, but you know, that's just because <laughs> anybody, guys, anybody who tells you on their hockey card that it, they're a half an inch, like if there's something in there like five, 11 and a half, that's such BS too. That automatically means they're at least an inch and a half shorter than yeah. what their hockey card says. All right. Oh, Chris yeah. Draper. I'm just saying. <laughs> I'm just saying. Somebody, somebody asked. Hold on, I gotta finish with this. Somebody asked me um, of the photo of the the five of us: me, Homer, uh, Nick, Maltz, and Drapes, with the four cups that Dave Organic, who the photographer took, because uh, we're the guys. And then those four are on skates, and I'm on my shoes. And somebody says, "Well, why didn't I back have his?" shoes on and I said I had to let Drapes be the tall the taller one in one picture in his lifetime so I mean it's always giving back and you know what I'm the get I'm the one that you know will will bite the bullet go first sacrifice that's just I'm just happy to be a cog in the wheel and even now uh, happy to you know support and and have these conversations with uh, you know with everybody of, of what's coming and and it's important to me because I think it's very important not only in sports but in life is how, where we come from and how do we get here, you know? Why are yeah. we this or why is it mean this to when you put on as a fan your Red Wing jersey? Why do you get that number on it? Why do you attach yourself to different players? Why do, you know? Hey, dude, I'm honored that I made your Sweet Sixteen, and that's that's <laughs> sick, dude, because that's the <laughs> Dude, that's dude, that's like the Hall of Fame. Well, you that's, would have absolutely. So here's what's funny about that is you absolutely would have gone further. And I actually had this conversation with Ethan before we even booked you for the show. And I said, if he, if you had a different route, a different path oh, in the tournament, you would have, you would have made it's it all, even deeper because yeah, you had listen, you you lost to Steve Eiserman. You had no chance. <laughs> Right, which is everybody else is. So who's in that way? And and it's all, you know, it's all rel, it's all relative because I think that it, it it's more so is that, you know, for guys is if you were gonna put the ultimate Red Wing team together, right? Would I be? And all I want to know is would I be one of your? Would I be your third or fourth line right winger? Without a doubt, I would hope so. I would hope so. So there it is. And I don't care which one it is, and I don't care how much I have to play, because I'm in that room. And that's all that matters. That's what culture is. All right, that seems like a good place to cut it off for today. Thank you to everybody who joined us this week. Uh, thank you to everybody who tuned in today. I wasn't even going to post an episode today. I was so frustrated with everything that happened last night uh, that I almost didn't. And then I remember that it was March 26, 1997. So... I was like, well, we got something for that. I uh, want to throw it up there. Send you guys into the weekend with something good. We hope to see you back here on Monday. We're going to have part two of our TED Talk, do a little more trade deadline talk, figure out what's going to happen at the trade deadline. Is it going to be busy? Is it not going to be busy? Um, lots more questions like that that I just can't remember off the top of my head. We hope to see you guys there. Follow us on Twitter at LO underscore Red Wings. Me on Twitter at Nolan Bianchi. Ethan at Ethan Smith. Scotty at Bentley. Scotty. Uh... We'll see you back here on Monday. Same time, same place. It's your team every day.